Okay. Why have I quit my job? Why have I, you know, bought a van? And, and why am I going to drive around the country? Well, I'm passionate about the idea that you need to be heard. And I want to stitch these stories together across the states. We're going to find the commonalities. And it's going to be really an amazing experience. And I look forward to you joining me on the job. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to uh, the Mental Health Today podcast. And, uh, you know, it's just a, a show where we're bringing on different guests, you know, literally every day, uh, just about of the week. And we have about five or seven shows a week, bring on people in the mental health space, uh, sometimes professionals that have been in there for 20 years, sometimes people who have gone on a journey through mental health and, and have got a story to share. And it's really about building kind of a little, I call it a beehive or a reservoir of, of information. And some of my favorite episodes are definitely uh, people that are trying to solve this, the mental health crisis from a different angle. And that's what we hope to give uh, people a platform to do, is people who are in the space uh, that may not be, you know, quote unquote, mainstream at the moment, uh, but are trying to do their part and are passionate about it, uh, getting in there and doing some some good work around mental health, kind of a bit like the show. I mean, so it's, uh, it's our, we're kindred spirits. And so today it's, uh, it's Neil Kahani and, uh, you know, Neil's got an interesting, he doesn't, you know, you look at his LinkedIn profile, he doesn't look like he's in mental health space in any, in any, you know, professional way. Uh, and then, you know, all of a sudden he takes a hard turn and there you are, we are, you are where you are. Um, and he's doing some really cool stuff in the space. And, and I actually, don't know a lot yet, and I'm looking forward to learning along with the listeners. Neil, welcome to the show. Thanks for being a guest. Thanks for sharing your story. Yeah, thanks, Ken. It's a it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Yeah, I look forward to uh, kind of getting an idea. What was that? You know, how did you how did you go from doing your startups, doing the you know the tech space, and then really kind of pivoting into into Mind Lumen? What was that? What was that like? Yeah, it was a it was a journey. It was a long journey, but uh, probably 2015, I think, uh, was a pivotal point when I was asking myself that something was off. I did I just didn't know what was off at at that mm. point. It was just <laughs> starting to question things about like you know, uh, by all measures, I'm supposed to be successful. By all external measures, you know, hey, I'm I'm successful person in tech. I'm a director, head of product, three yeah. times. I worked at a lot of startup companies, a lot of big companies. Uh, you know. I live in San Francisco, lived in Silicon Valley as an engineer and product manager most of my life. So by all, and I'm married to a beautiful woman, I, I should have it all, right? I should be like super happy. And so I'm one of the statistics, like I'm one of the 70% that, okay, why are 70% of the people not happy? And I guess I was one of the 70% that really wasn't happy. Uh, and I just didn't know what triggered that question. So that's kind of what started mm. my search. Um, and then it took me, you know, my first psychedelic experience was in 2017. And then it took me like three years to find somebody to help me with a lot of friction in the process. And it wasn't until like June of 2021 when I did wow. seven grams of mushrooms that just pushed the doors freaking blew open. And, and three months later, Mindloom was born. Seven grams of mushrooms, a proper amount that that should send that should open your, that should knock down some doors inside your head. Yeah, it certainly did. And we could talk a little more about how that came about, but yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, I'd done several several of them prior to that, but uh, 
uh, that just allowed me to go so much deeper into myself and learn about myself. And I think that is what triggered a lot of these things. I think that the process of self-discovery and learning about who you are, what you are, what you want to become, how you want to live in this world, defining a meaning Mm -hmm. and purpose to your life. All of those things were missing for me back in 2015. Um, And then, you know, after this, I I finally found my mission and purpose. I, I came out of it. Even during the journey, I was telling my therapist, like, the world needs to know about this. I kept repeating that phrase. And when I got out of it, I said, the world needs to know. And she said, yeah, you, you, were, you were saying this during the entire time. So I was crying <laughs> pretty... for four hours. I would say, the world needs to know about this. And I'm going, what the hell am I going to do about it? You know, because ultimately, it's up to us as individuals to figure out what we're going to do about it. So, so I decided to take my knowledge in tech um, and try to apply it to mm. this space and try to help others because I wanted to remove the friction in the process for others uh, that are going through the same process like I was going through. Um, and many other people are suffering from trauma and mental health issues and their own cultural backgrounds, just like I did. Yes. Uh, so I'm not unique in that. I mean, a lot of people are dealing with it in their own way. And and mm-hmm. we, I wanted to offer a solution yeah. to them. So we came up with uh, the idea of being a navigation service, essentially a harm reduction navigation service for people before they even make first contact uh, with a potential therapist or facilitator, because you don't know what you're asking. I didn't know what questions to ask. I yeah, didn't know yeah. anything about that. So that that is, that is basically uh, what I tried to do. I tried to answer questions, um, you know, for myself and learn about what those questions were and went and did research. I did a lot of analytical work because my brain works analytically. So after that first experience in 2017, hmm. uh, I didn't even know what it was. Somebody gave me something at a music festival. and uh, Oh, you, oh I goodness. Zero clue. Oh, oh, you yeah. didn't know? What, like, I, oh, that's not I the way to go. That's not the way to I start. Know, it's not a way to go. Oh, it's definitely that's not, not frictionless. Start, right? but, <laughs> no, that's not frictionless oh, at all. Oh, goodness. But you know, it's it, but I was I was among I was among friends, and so so it was I felt I felt safe, and okay, uh, and yeah, that safety okay. is super important. Yes. So if I felt safe, then then you know I I went ahead and took that, and and um, I didn't even ask what it was. I had no no idea. I was just in the mood of music and dancing and people. I I got to be a five year old in an adult body, and I loved every minute of it because I never got to be a child, and I just like this this was sort of a freeing. Uh, experience for me. It stayed up till five o'clock in the morning. We were huddled up by the temple. Um, you know, I went around like hugging and kissing everybody, any strangers that I met. And I was like <laughs> a total child. It was just so beautiful. The whole thing was absolutely fantastic. And it was only Love until it. like a week or two later that I asked uh, asked uh, that person to go, okay, what what was that? Uh, and and you know, what did I take? And and she told me, you told me what it was, and it was actually. Uh, MDA, which which is sassafras, yeah, uh, okay. and that's 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 what I had taken, um, and it wasn't a very high dose, but it was like. Then I started researching everything about it. That's when I started like learning about mm. it. That's when I came across Michael Pollan's book. That's when I read the psychedelic experience, the Explorer's Guide. I came across James Fadiman and a whole bunch of people in this space, because my brain just went into analytical mode and just tried to figure out, okay, I need to learn as much about this as possible. Um, I love it. I love it. And you'd be an animal on this. I'm sure you're an animal. 
when you when you when you get a yeah. dog, you're like a dog with a bone on this. I'm sure. That's right. I just say okay. I just need I to find sure. out everything there is to yeah. find out about it, and I just like okay because you know to me like I'm I was always taught to be like oh my god drugs are bad you know it's like so this this thing was just in the back of my head the whole time and going you know because I hadn't taken anything prior to that prior to that like you know I had you know I had taken no substance you know uh, so this is I'm. I'm much, much older and going, okay, I've taken no experience with anything when I was a teenager like this, none, zero, right? So yeah. I'm coming into this, I need to learn everything from the ground up. And that's what I tried to do is to learn everything on the ground up. And I found out like, yeah, I could go Google search this stuff. And yeah, you can get snippets of it, but you really can't make sense of what you're reading because you don't know like what's real and what's not. It's just based on a lot of personal stories and anecdotes and, mm -hmm. and that's useful, but they don't make sense until you yourself have personally experienced it. Uh, they they, they absolutely. absolutely make zero sense. It, it, uh, so I, I can't imagine reading it and not having been on some sort of psilocybin or acid or MDMDA. Yeah. No, you wouldn't make it. it yeah. just, you wouldn't under, you can't, you can't understand how the mind works in those in those moments, on the, on those experiences, what did you find out? What's happening? What's this? What's the tech behind? You know, what's the re? What's happening in this? You know, this this programming, right? So we've got this giant. You know, we yeah. got this little mini AWS server in between our ears, and what programming are you are you inserting in there with with psychedelics? What's ha what happens? It's, it's more than the programming and the removing, right? It's, it's, it's actually removing all the calcification that's happened over the conditioning that, that, that I've okay. had over the, over the decades of how I'm supposed to be and what kind of person I'm supposed to be and what does success mean and why am I chasing happiness and all of those sort of things that you sort of, we may think is existential or philosophical questions. You start to unravel the mystery in in yourself and that's that's what this this feels like i, I feel like i'm unraveling my own mystery yeah. uh and it's and it's a beautiful journey to unravel my own mystery um because i think we i don't know i people will just go through life and i was just going through life and thinking oh yeah success means financial success my identity was wrapped into my financial success mm -hmm. because i grew up in in an indian uh, indian asian culture we're very stoic there was no sort of emotion or affection or we weren't allowed to show our emotions particularly in asian and indian cultures like this is sort of a very big taboo it's very stigmatized uh yes. in our cultures and so you know it's it's your your expression of you caring and it's done through acts of service whether you care for your family whether you care for others or whether you buy something or it, it's done through mm -hmm. sort of considered acts of service where and, and that's the way I was. That's the way. So when, when I was married, and I'm going through a divorce right now, but when I was married, that's, I thought that if I do good things, if I provide for my family, if I do all of these things, you know, then, then I am doing good, you know, then yeah, why, why am I not happy? I should be happy, right? And that's, that's, that's what should make me happy. And, but it wasn't, you know, the last seven years of my life since 2015, I just wasn't happy. Um, but I also realized that that was a wrong thing to chase. Like happiness is something you actually mm. chase. It's driven by external factors. You know, if I have more money, I'll be happy. If I marry a beautiful woman, I'll be happy. If I get this, I'll be happy. If I make a million dollars and then may want to make 
10 million more. You know, it's like we <laughs> always keep chasing the, the happiness wheel. And so we're in this sort of happiness factor, which is why 70% of people aren't really happy because they're chasing, they're chasing happiness. Yeah, yeah, they're still chasing, I, I, can't catch it. Yeah, they chase it. You can never catch it, and it's even if you do catch it, it's very transient. So basically, what I um, what I ask people now, a question I ask them is like, interesting. Do you want happiness or do you seek blissfulness? And that's the approach that I take to my life. I seek blissfulness because hmm. in my life, it comes blissfulness comes from the inside. You know, it's it's things that you know. Yes, you will have moments of happiness. You'll have moments of joy. You'll have moments of sadness. Right. You have moments of melancholy, like two days or three days ago, I just felt very melancholy. So I turned on, you know, nice, beautiful jazz music and, and saw tremendous beauty in that music. So I could appreciate being melancholy, lean, you know, and that, in, that to me is a state of bliss. You know, lean like, into it and, it feels like. and let all the connections happen in there, right? There's also, a, when you're in that space, yeah. sometimes the brain starts, you know, you're in that melancholy and you just lean into it and you're, all the wires line up and. For sure. You know, it's, it's a, and it's a beautiful feeling when you can just do that. Some days I just like sit in still silence. I just write, you know, there was a few days ago, I had nothing on. I just wrote in my journal for like hours and hours till my hands got tired, you know, and then I went to bed. It's just like, uh, it's, <laughs> yeah. well, after that, I mean, if you write for hours, that's a lot of brain power to formulate and, to, you know, to put it out into your fingertips. Yeah, uh, I, it was just random. I wasn't thinking about just just whatever came to my mind. I was just writing it, and oh, so cool. so you know, I'm a, I'm a I, I call myself. I, I, that's why I don't use terms like um, CEO or I just I'm a founding Sherpa of, of my living. Right, I that's, saw that. I love that. I'm a Sherpa. So I'm a Sherpa. It's like you know, I mean, for external purposes, like for VCs or whatever, I have to say, oh yeah, I'm a CEO and founder, but. But for but for all practical purposes, I don't think about myself that way. I think about myself as just a Sherpa. I'm just guiding here. Yes. And I'm leading people on their own self-discovery. And mm. and I'm gonna do try and do it as safely with as little friction as possible for them. And that's mm. really the mission uh, that I'm on because that's what I went through. And and so I want other people not to have to face the same kind of things that I went to. I want them to be when they get connected to their facilitator to just be thinking about the healing nothing else not pricing not administrative discussions not scheduling not music not but all of that should be taken care of all of that's distracted away so when they go into that conversation the only thing on their mind is that i want to get healed oh, and there's someone yeah. there to help me get healed that's it you know and and that's that's the goal that's that's the mission that we're on to try and do so as a service you provide when someone wants wants to go through with a, a, a therapy session, you help find the find that therapist, mm -hmm. that facilitator, and then you help them to go through all these choices. Like instead of showing up into the retail store and making all these yeah. kind of stressful decisions, you get a chance to get coached on it beforehand. I love that. And then right. you can, we, yeah, then we I can imagine them. myself yeah, in the space. Yeah. Yeah. We, we say we, we get them from a stage of curiosity to a stage of readiness, right? Okay, great, uh, great. And that's that's what we help them with because you can you can go Google search a lot of that stuff, right? But the problem is to make sense of it, it would be very difficult. And each each person comes to us with their own criteria. Mm. You know, some of them are coming out to us with anxiety and depression and trauma. Some of them are coming out with just for moral enhancement and cognitive enhancement. 
some there's so many different reasons that people want to go through this process but we our first and foremost is that we we focus on therapeutic level doses so what we call macro level doses uh, that's what we focus on we do advise people on on micro and museum doses but but we kind of focus on that second we look at all the all the criteria that it's from the seeker's perspective we don't call them patients clients customers or users because that's a very capitalistic and very transactional term yeah. so we we call them seekers of they're seekers of bliss in their own life you know yeah. that that's who they are <clears throat> and so that's that's what we want to help them mm. with and so we on the facilitator side we have facilitators on our network and we match them up the seeker to the right facilitator for them right and that's okay, the important cool. thing and and so there's lots of variation in the facilitators because if somebody's coming in with some amount of experience you want to know if the facilitator has the ability to guide that person with that mm. level of experience if somebody says i want to do a four and a half grams or five grams of mushrooms are they ready for it and if they're ready for it do you have facilitator on the other side that has done that numerous times not only personally themselves but has actually done that with someone they, right they in a group it. or individual yeah. setting so you kind of need to know that and that's what we mean by harm reduction we're not making a judgment what you should or shouldn't do this right we we think people are going to do it anyway the question yes. would be how do we make sure that it's safe for people to actually go through this and how can you make sure that it's a guided and facilitated experience because when you're going into your mindset in something like a macro level dose I don't want to be worrying about where I kept my house key so I don't walk out the door and get hit by a bus or fall down <laughs> the stairs or you know I Absolutely. want to be in my mind like I want my mind to be like totally I'm free you you need to be in a safe in. place you need to be that's yeah, absolutely be a safe true place. yeah and we you know in a safe environment safe place and you know we be you know decluttering the space is uh, super important you know you have to have the right music uh you know and those types of things are super important to be part of that journey but more importantly it's just like making sure that because we talk about these four things like intention set setting and integration right and and mm-hmm. so we we teach people that you need these four things and the last one is super important like integration if you don't integrate yeah. what you learn then you're just going to spend um... thousands of dollars and it'll be a complete waste you know because you haven't learned anything you haven't taken that lesson and you haven't applied it to your life you haven't improved yourself or improved the world or added something to it yes, uh, yes. so we we make sure that people understand that that integration is really really important uh to go in but you also got to go in with some some intention what is the question you want to ask for yourself you know and each journey is going to be different so each journey requires some sort of intention setting uh and then of course you know the the two conditions for the journey which is your mindset needs to be completely free yes, and clear yeah. and and you know totally open like i i checked i recently came back you know maybe a month and a half ago i did an ayahuasca journey and and came back from a 5 meo journey and and before each of them i took my blood pressure and my heart rate my heart rate was 57 my blood pressure was 101 over 70 i was in a beautifully calm state when nice. i was you know and so my journey was absolutely freaking beautiful uh you know both of them were absolutely fantastic uh and i didn't have any sort of bad or bad trip or what they call bad trip you know challenging experience and there's no such thing as a bad trip it's a challenging experience but that's because there are own there are own challenges we face, uh, we face yeah, life, there's so. probably a reason you're facing those those little those exactly. little hard spots i mean you're you're peeling yeah. away your your soul yeah. 
then sometimes right. you get to Dealing some layers. Layer. Are, yeah, there's sometimes you get to a layer that's a little got a kind of a bear mask on. You got to got to talk exactly. to that guy. Got to right. get past the yeah. bear mask guy to get to the next clown mask, and and eventually oh, you'll yeah, find totally. the angels. Eventually you'll find yeah. the angels in you there. Will. You'll, yeah, you'll find a, your not, purity. It's not a one-time thing. Yeah, you will. And it's not a one-time thing, right? I think it's a. It's not something you have to do every day or every time or even every month. You know, I I probably do it maybe two to four times a year. That that that's enough. That you know, enough. for me. Yeah. And you know, because I need time to integrate. Uh, you know what what I do. Like my last, my my journey between the first the seven grams of mushrooms in twenty twenty one, and seven grams of mushrooms with ketamine in twenty twenty two, you know, was a year apart. Hmm. You know, what did you learn? What give us an example of something like an integration? Is there one that you could share that you went through, like a, something that you came out of it and you went, all right, that's that's something I didn't know about myself or a relationship or yeah. something. Yeah. So I, I'll tell you, like, I mean, obviously integration is, is, you know, you, you talk with your therapist, you can write, you can journal, you can do integration circles in many, many ways, mm. many, many ways to do that. One of the best integrations, I think, my, and my own personal experiences that I, when I did like seven grams of journey with, with ketamine, the very next week I went to a, I went to a 10 day Vipassana retreat. So it's complete okay. silent meditation for 10 days. It's the most hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Like harder than anything, any journey, harder than my ayahuasca journeys. It's extremely difficult to do 10 mm. days of Vipassana where you're not talking to anybody. You're in perfect silence. You're not making eye contact. You, you can't even read, you can't write, nothing, like for 10 straight days. Oh, You're meditating for 10 to 11 hours. Does this hours. mean no, no MT, MTV, no MTV either? No MTV, nothing, nothing. No TV, no, no music, no nothing, right? It's, you're, you're meditating for 10 to 12 hours a day. Um, it is the most difficult and challenging thing that I've ever had to do. And in that period was the most best integration period of my life okay. for that yeah, seven for or eight sure. grams of, of mushrooms, right? Because it was, it, to me, the way I think about it, like you can get to these altered states of consciousness through meditation. You can yes. you just, yes. just, pure meditation will get you there. You can do holotropic breath work. You, there's many, many ways to get to this. So that's why when I talk about psychedelic, it's just a catalyst. It's a very great, beautiful catalyst, but it's a catalyst nonetheless. Yeah. You know, it is not the be all and the end all. It, it is it is useful for a lot of people and it's a very fast acting catalyst. And so the way I think about it, I actually drew this picture up right after my meditation. You can think about psychedelic experiences sort of step function increases, right? Whereas meditation is sort of slow and gradual over a much, much longer period of time. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So yeah, those those steps up sometimes are feel like a feel like a little bit of a high. Like I didn't know I could go that high. Uh, that's yeah. right but the, great... the horizontal part of the step right is where you integrate and that's yes, where meditation yeah. comes in so the combination of meditation and the integration work post psychedelics okay. that's a great combination mm -hmm. that you use so i meditate you know probably 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes in the evening uh you know that kind of thing so that just adds to it uh and that is very helpful for me to integrate but i write a lot a lot of people you know for me writing uh, in my journal makes makes sense for me as an integration technique uh, to think about it, but also talking to people and being close to my friends and sharing. Uh, those are super important. Yeah, it's really um, fascinating stuff. I had, uh, we had a guest on who had opened up uh, ketamine 
um, I'm trying to recall what I would call it, an, not an office, but a clinic, you know, a clinic and mm-hmm. where they had uh, yeah. the, doc, the doctors there and they're administering in, Col- it's in Colorado. Uh, yeah. put, they've got the, and they put you on the drip yeah. uh, and just talking about what the, the benefits are of that. And so I didn't know it was also combined with mushrooms. Yeah, you can do that in a lozenge form. Yeah, you can. So I took it in a lozenge form. Um, and oh, so okay. it's, it, 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 and it actually tastes terrible. It's a horrible tasting substance, you know, so, <laughs> so people don't know what I, it, it tastes terrible. You know, it's like, and I had to hold it in my mouth for, I think, a good 10 to 15 minutes and not like swallow it or chew it or have, I actually had just hold it in the back of my mouth and tongue for a good 15 minutes, right? And it, and it tastes terrible. Uh, you know, so, so you cannot, it's not something you would want to go, Oh shit. Yeah. I'm going to try that. (laughs) I think there's a, there's this nasal spray that they use and then, and then there's, and that's the one that they're able to get a patent on. So they, that that's reimbursable through insurance. Uh, but this team is using, um, uh, the IV. Yeah. Yeah. IV, IV drip is what a lot of people use when you go into the clinic. Yeah. Um, or they will use a lozenge as well. Um, but, you know, you have to be careful about who is ethical here. Well, one, of the, one of the key things that we, that we try to do as, as sort of the ethical steward of the industry is that we created what's called an ethical reputation system. So we give every clinic, every clinic operation an ethical reputation score. It's sort of oh. a zero to 100 scale, right? And so that's how you know if people are operating uh, ethically. Oh, it'll be good. And, and I'll... This, yeah, I'll make sure to connect you guys. Yeah, that would be that would be super good. And you know, they don't have to be in our network. We we yeah, will yeah. we will still create a score for everybody that whether they're on our network or not on our network. We just prioritize people on our network. That's all. Yeah. But yeah. they don't have to be. We don't charge any listing fees to being on a network. So there's no fee for being on a network. Hmm. Um, and uh, so that that's what we try to do. But we create this ethical reputation score because ethics is super important to us. And if we have a bias, our bias is towards those seeking care, because yes, which is also yeah. why we ourselves are not a provider, right? We, we, we're not providing services to people on our own because it allows us to be removed from that conflict yeah. of interest, you know? So we can, be, we can be completely unbiased, we can be independent, and therefore we can be, we can be trusted and our system can be trusted. Uh, and that's, that's why we do what we do. Um, so it's on, it's on purpose, but we do have a bias and our bias is going to be towards the seekers. And that's what we care about. Are you going to do, I mean, we're getting kind of close. Um, maybe some thoughts on, um, kind of some thoughts on expanding the, the awareness or the legality or, or just the marketing of it. How, cause I, I, I could see you're in a great spot if you've got this kind of, you know, brokerage going and you're able to identify some key things of importance and making decisions about where you go regarding safety and ethic, the ethical nature of the clinic. Um, you're in a, you're in a great spot to help a lot of people, right? You're matchmaker. Um, yeah. But also too, it's like getting the, the word out and the marketing word and, the out. And, the legal, and the legality of it. How do you, how do you see that shaping up in the next couple of years? Yeah, that's that's a challenge for us, right? And, and the reason we do these these podcasts and shows and stuff is because if people don't know about us, then we can't help people. And that and so yes. the, the biggest challenge for us is is awareness. How do people know mm-hmm. about us? And that that is the so doing shows like yours and and being on a show next week. It's like that's that is our way of of building awareness, 
Mm. You know, so we don't we don't get it because we don't we don't deal with any substances directly ourselves. So one of the one of the ways we 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 sort of are protected is that we we're essentially a harm reduction service. We are not offering substances. It. People can't come to us get to get sort of uh, buy stuff from us. You know, but if you're in if you're operating in one of the eighteen or twenty jurisdictions in the United States, you know, two states and about eighteen counties uh, where it's deprioritized, decriminalized, or legalized. You know, we can operate pretty safely in those jurisdictions. Mm. So right. that's 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 how our that's how our go to market approach works. And there's many international places, of course, we can operate pretty freely. Oh, so yeah, in yeah. Mexico, Costa Rica, Jamaica, you know, all of the you know, Ecuador, Colombia, you know, Brazil, Netherlands, Portugal, uh, many, many other places that we can operate pretty freely. Okay. Uh, so so we are we're okay. But even in those jurisdictions, even though in those jurisdictions we potentially could offer substances, we decided not to do that. Uh, we think that once substances becomes fully legalized, then then maybe we'll we'll uh, build up an e-commerce place or something like that. But we don't need to do that right now. I think for us okay. is, is to get care. So if you're in Oakland, you I can tell you to go to the go to the church and what to buy and you know what species and let you know what potency each of them have and you know, how many grams and, and you can bring your own if you want with your therapist or your therapist can yes. probably provide, they can grow their own. Mushrooms are pretty easy to grow. It's not, yeah. it's not that complicated to, to grow, which is also why this whole notion about the investments making in sort of the drug development part of it versus the services part of it. The services part is growing like twice as fast as the, the substance part of it. The substance cost, just to tell you, to give you a good picture, an average journey book, which is typically two prep sessions, a journey, a full journey day, and two integration sessions, that typically goes for between 2K and 5K, right? Okay. And, okay. and, and you're, and you're going to take one substance typically like MDMA or psilocybin, right? Guess what the cost of MDMA is for that whole thing? Like $15. Yeah. I would say like $5, something ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you get, you get a highly pure uh, MDMA substance that you can get from MAPS or from whoever, like that's 15 bucks. It's it's really the it's it's the therapeutic container that that is the expensive part, right? And yeah. and it's it's someone's time. I mean, it's my the human, right? Yeah, yeah. With me, but eight, yeah, it's a human. You're sitting with me for like yeah. ten, you know, eight ten hours the whole day. Right? Yeah, yeah. And making sure that I'm that I'm safe. Like that that's their job. They're taking care of me the whole day, right? And so it's not it's not an easy thing to do for for therapists, right? I mean, it, it's it's a very draining process for them. Oh God. Go yeah. Process. Yeah. Because they, they have to sit with you. They're dealing with all of your emotions coming yes. out. They're trying to take care of you. Right. It's a super hard draining process for them. They can only do it once a week. Like most people can only do it once a week, you know? So, so yeah. it's very, very difficult to do this uh, kind of work. It's not, it's not a trivial. <laughs> you're matter. not doing this nine to five. I mean, you're not showing up every day and yeah. it's like, all right, who's on the, who's on the yeah. mushrooms today? That's uh, right. It'd be very no. unethical if actually they did that, right? And so it's like it's super unethical to do that because you really can't give it the right amount of time Absolutely. or energy that it takes, you know. And there's people that do somatic work, you know. So so you're gonna have somatic work going on. People were doing mm. Reiki. There's a bunch of things you can combine. Sound healing that goes with it. Sometimes, you know, there's there's very different modalities that that now people can combine, which works which works really well. But many, many people offer different services. So our job is not to judge what they what they offer. We just want to make sure that they're ethical, they're reputable, 
um, and they have personal experience with this. Mm. They have facilitated enough of them. They do have some certification and some sort of training that they know what they're doing. They know what they're talking about. Uh, and so that's the vetting process that we, that we go through for every, for every facilitator. Yeah, and they've got that harm reduction, right? You've got the confidence. Uh, yeah. Neil, it's awesome having you on. Um, it's a great, great, uh, I think it's a great service you guys have put together. And I think um, a lot of opportunity. I think you'll find, you know, a cup, there'll be something crack open uh, as well. How about some yeah. closing thoughts? Um, some just closing thoughts, uh, some, you know, how do you, I think you've got how we find you there on the on the screen, uh, mindlumen.xyz. What else do you want to yeah. impart with the audience? Yeah, so I think the main thing to let the audience know is that they, we're, we're here, uh, support us. So join our community, mm -hmm. tell us how you can support us, you know, help introduce us to potential uh, angels or funders or donors. Like we're going to operate as a, uh, a public benefit corp and a nonprofit. So we're a hybrid, uh, hybrid model. Uh, mm -hmm. There's a lot of work that we do on the nonprofit side, like some, you know, making sliding scale models available for pricing for pay, helping people who can't afford it. So those kinds of things we really need support for. So we would love mm -hmm. to have people donate to us so we can help people who do not have the means because we don't want money to get in the way of people getting access, you know, so this is what we want uh, help with people. And of course, if you can, if you can help fund, uh, you know, fund our company, fund our organization, let us know. And, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get in touch with you. That's, that's what we, that's what we want your community to know that we're here to, we're here to build awareness and we're here to help, mm, you know, the, the five right. and a half billion people on this planet, which are over the age of 26. And we use over the age of 26 because that's when your prefrontal cortex is fully developed. Yeah, fully developed and, right. and so, and you can make, you know, you can make much more, better decisions about your life. But you also have a lived experience and that lived experience also helps uh, in terms of better able to discover for you. Yeah. Thanks again so much. Um, it's been, it's been a, like I said, been a great conversation, uh, Neil, and I'll see you on the other side. Just hang, hang with me for a, for a minute. We'll run a little commercial and I'll see you on the other side. Thanks everybody okay. for uh, listening and supporting uh, mental health today and everything. And especially, uh, people like Neil, evangelists that are that are out there trying to do good stuff, other Sherpas and other evangelists. Yeah, loose baby. But we're about to go and make this vessel with these great professionals yeah. in public glass. We're not part of the community, but we're from the outer family of glass blowing. Yeah, we're gonna go make a magical giant jar with optic lenses so that if you turn it it changes all the time so if you change the way you look at things the things you look at change 